Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi everybody, I'm Blaine Gilmer and welcome to another episode of the Second to None podcast. We are here once again for a lock-in Friday and I say we because I am Blaine Gilmer. I'm here with my man TK Tavares King. Tavares, how's everything going for this lock-in Friday edition? I'm feeling good about it. I got a couple that I'm excited about, man. So I'm feeling good, ready to get underway, ready to talk about some SEC football. Let's get it. No doubt, and and there's a, an, an intriguing set of games. You know, we've we've covered it. We do our reaction Monday where we covered the last week's games on, on Monday, but then we start to dip our toes into just kind of seeing what's Vegas thinking, what's going on in some of these games, some of these lines, and if you're watching on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, you'll see those lines scrolling across the uh, bottom, but then on Fridays is where we do our deep dives, guys, and we really get into things. And, man, are we so excited to see to let you know, you know, our thoughts on can Florida even keep it close with Alabama? You know, is Ole Miss in for a dogfight against Tulane, a, a good Tulane team that went into Norman and made some noise earlier in the year? Um, is there Mississippi State? Was their defensive performance last week against NC State? Was it for real? Auburn goes into Happy Valley, TK, and we've got, you know, a lot of thoughts on that. And also a special guest that we'll be getting to an interview that we actually pre-recorded here for you with Mr. Peter Burns of the SEC Network of ESPN. So, TK, excited to have Peter join the show with us. Yeah, that was awesome. So, we're going we're gonna to play that for you, and we will – you know, get into everything here, guys, but did want to say thank you to the 365 Sports YouTube channel for letting us stream on their platform. Also, we are a Believe Podcast Network show, the show on the Believe Podcast Network that covers everything SEC football related and a new partnership, TK, that we have a social media partnership with side the Sideline Sports Network and Sideline Sports Network CFB, the college football. You can see them down on the left hand and right hand corners of the screen. Use those those handles, guys, at SSN underscore college football FB and at sidelines underscore SN for to follow all things uh, college sports, guys. They've got like over 200 accounts. It's kind of a mix between a an ESPN and a Barstool. It's not exactly as, as wild and out as Barstool's is, but it's not cut and dry like ESPN. It's kind of a good, um, you know, mix of in between just following yeah just following your favorite sports teams and stuff like that but tk before we get to our bet online uh ad real quick here anything in particular that you're real excited about man uh before we get talking about these matchups and play the interview with peter 
Well, obviously, you know me. I'm excited about the dogs. Um, excited about this Auburn-Penn State game for sure. I think – I mean, we, we talked about – you talked about it a little earlier. Happy Valley is going to be insane. It's a whiteout. Um, whiteouts are dope. But, man, I think that game is just a, a marquee game for a lot of people. James Franklin, um, the Auburn the Auburn staff, the Auburn coaching staff, I think it's a big game for them. Yeah, and we've got two coaches, uh, you know, that are getting a bunch of circulating rumors with this USC job open. James Franklin's one of them. So mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, there's a lot of guys, Dan Mullen, even some whispers about Dan Mullen out there. So there's a lot of guys that are having to deal with some, you know, some – possible distractions and we'll get into that but first before we do that we want to thank bet online guys bet online it's that time of the year football is in full swing and if you want to make things a little more interested on the gridiron if that's something you're so inclined to do then as always bet online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season get the latest updated odds props and contests including online's biggest nfl half million dollar mega contest the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar nfl survivor contest is also open now at bet online bet online guys you need to head on over to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online your online sportsbook experts so bro i must i bro you are you you smooth with that re- reading that you're nice with it i'm gonna start reading it though. <laughs> you want you want to read it <laughs> no i don't i was just kidding i was kidding oh, nice man. With it. that's that's all you my brother and as always, we're thankful for Bet Online for sponsoring today's show. And guys, something you can always bet on is the excellent coverage that the SEC Network gives you. And Peter Burns is one of those guys. Him, Chris Dorn, Gene Chiswick, all of those guys over at the SEC Network. You know, watch whether it's SEC Now, SEC This Morning, and really enjoyed Peter being able to come onto the show and talk a variety of matchups with us, and even you know. Edo in the hot seat, all that kind of stuff. So enjoy this interview with Peter Burns of the SEC Network. All right, and as promised here on the Second to None podcast, we have Mr. Peter Burns. Peter is a ESPN and SEC Network studio anchor. He uh, does great work on SEC Now, SEC This Morning. So, Peter, thank you so much for joining us here on the Second to None podcast. It's a a fun time, man. It's already like, you know, we kind of wait, wait, wait for the season to get here. And then when it finally does, they're like, how in the hell is it already week three? Like, it just zips by so fast. So, I'm trying to, I'm trying to drink it in this year to say the least. So, Absolutely. And you and, you know, Gene Chizik and Chris Doring and all the guys over there at SC Network, you do a great job kind of kind of chopping everything up and uh, making sure that everybody is, you know, informed on all the SEC goings on throughout the weeks as this season does fly by. And uh, we wanted to just kind of get some of that information from you here today and um, kind of starting off with something close to your heart. I know you're you're an LSU guy. Uh, LSU's had a little bit of a a rough start to kind of go off with the, the UCLA McNeese state was, you know, it was what it was, but <laughs> with you being plugged in at LSU and things like that, how stable do you think Edo's job is at, 
as we stand today? You know, I mean, at this point, I still think it's it, it's it's stable. But as as much as anything in Baton Rouge and LSU football, and as much as SEC football is, you're stable kind of week to week, right? For a lot of things, because there is so many expectations on that program, especially you know, removed two years removed from winning a national title, right? I mean, you know, I talk to Gene Chizik all the time about that. You know, you win a title, and then two years later down the road at Auburn, you're no longer there. And I'm like, what happened? And you know, in his instance for Chiz, it was a lot of just kind of unfortunate timing, a lot of injuries that happened for Auburn that year. Um, but for Ed Ogeron, it's been some different things. Sometimes it's off the field issues that they've had. Sometimes it's just, you know, they can't get the right coaches in there. And I think that's what they're struggling with right now is kind of figure out what their identity was. We know it or it is that we know what it was in 2019. Um, but then gone is Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and, and Joe Brady. And now you have a bunch of brand new coordinators. And I think that's the biggest issue with LSU right now is that these coordinators haven't had an opportunity to call a lot of games. And so they're late getting the calls in both offensive and defensively. And that's why you haven't seen it very smooth yet. They got a bunch of injuries coming up this week. I, in a weird way, I think Jim McElwain, Central Michigan Chippewas coming into Baton Rouge actually give LSU a little bit more of a run for their money than I think Tiger fans would like. Oh, uh, we do a What's the Spread Wednesday episode that we just did on our on our oh. show with Tavares King. And I that, uh, I think, 19 and a half that LSU's getting. I was like, that may be a little bit steep right there with the Jim McElwain coach team, uh, guys like like Sermon and, and Nichols that they have coming in that are good yeah. playmakers. That's, and they returned 22, 21 starters from that team a year ago. So experienced team. Yeah, I mean, LSU has more talent, there's no doubt, but they are banged up. And the idea of right now for LSU, it's, hey, it's survive in advance. Nobody's really going to care if you beat Central Michigan by one or by 50. It's just a matter of can you get through healthy? Can you get a win? And how can you build upon that when and they get closer into conference play? Because that's really where it comes down to. No matter if they win by one or 40 against Central Michigan, it's can you stay healthy? Can you build upon you know, what you're trying to work for, because you don't want to get in a situation with Arkansas playing better, Auburn playing better, that it becomes an issue. Um, Cause those, those are the games that you should win right now. If you're LSU coming off a national championship just two years ago. And speaking of the word, win, the word Arkansas and the word 40, they beat Texas 40 to 21 uh, this past week. I wanted to know in your opinion, is that more, is that victory more, does it say more about Sam Pittman and Barry Odom and the culture they're building at Arkansas, or does it say more that Texas is not quite ready for the big stage yet? Yes and yes, <laughs> right? I mean, I think it's a combination of both. It's, it's a, a part of Sam Pittman kind of being confident enough in himself to know, hey, I listen, I need to hire some strong-willed coaches. Kendall Bryles is, is that way. And Barry Odom did a great job over at Missouri, even though you know, he, did a, he was a great head coach um a great defensive coordinator and he learned a lot as a head coach and Sam Pittman told me on Monday he goes listen there's a lot of times I make mistakes and I talk to Barry about hey what's the best way to handle it and the fact that Pittman knows you know how to handle it that way I think says a lot about himself and I, I think for Texas it was a probably the best thing that could have ever happened to him and the reason why I say that is that Sark saw firsthand hey man this is what it's going to be like week in and week out. This is what the crowd's like. This is not Lawrence, Kansas. This is not Waco, Texas. This is not Big 12 football. This is the SEC West. And I think it was good for him to recognize, hey, no matter how good a quarterback I have or B. John Robinson, the running back, and my skill set is as far as a play caller, if I don't have an offensive line, 
I don't have anything. And I think that was a, a, a an important lesson for Sark to learn early before they start heading to the SEC here in a couple of years. Yeah, Arkansas is very intriguing to me, you know, especially with uh, what they have coming up. That matchup with Georgia gets more and more intriguing Ooh. by the day, I think. So uh, also a team that we really like here on the Second Noon Podcast, uh, Tavares and I have just been all in, is Mark Stoops' Kentucky team. Um, with them having Florida and LSU at home uh, yep. in the coming weeks, they could possibly, and in my opinion, likely will be undefeated to face Georgia. I think they're better than both of those teams, especially having them at home. Uh, you know, are they a legitimate contender to, you know, challenge Georgia in the SEC East? Well, I mean, again, they are a legitimate contender to be the third best team in the SEC. I mean, I, I think the talent differential between Alabama and, and, and Georgia is just night and day between them and everybody else. But the problem is, is, uh, you know, how much depth do they have? Right. Like you see that. I mean, Georgia is banged up. I mean, at quarterback, at wide receiver, every single position, and they can just roll out another five star, four star type guy. That's not a luxury that Mark Stoops has. OK. Uh, and but they're trying to build upon that. And I love this team. And you know, a lot of people are going to look at the, the final score between Kentucky and Missouri and think oh, that, you know, Kentucky wasn't that impressive or whatnot. Kentucky was blowing the doors off of Missouri early in that game until Chris Rodriguez had a fumble right by the goal line. And, you know, to me, I think that's the team that I saw. And frankly, I was surprised that they're not a top 25 team because I think they should be ranked at least top 20. There's zero doubt right now. So they're fun, but they need things to fall their way in a, in a couple of different ways. They have to stay healthy um, if they want that chance. But, man, how unbelievable, a, a great litmus test for Kentucky and Mark Stoops for building that program. If they could get by Florida and LSU undefeated, that's just only going to make that program even that much better. And I hope Mark Stoops, he's been there for almost a decade now. I hope he's there for 20 years. I think he's just the right coach for that program. No doubt. And now I want to highlight two of the marquee games this week coming up. You've got Alabama going to the Swamp. Mm -hmm. Favored at one point, they were favored by 16 and a half. I think remarkably to me, that line's come down to 14 and a half. I don't know why they're not a heavier favorite, in, in my opinion. And then also Auburn and Penn State. But first, let's talk about that matchup in the swamp. Uh, you know, Bryce Young, that just tremendous offense of Nick Saban's and a loaded defense going into a Florida team that, in my opinion, Peter has a lot of questions to answer. Yeah, and I, I think that's why we're so excited about it. I, I, I joked around with Chris Doring on our SiriusXM show this morning and said, man, how much fun would it be to have last year's Florida team play this year's Alabama team in Gainesville, right? Unfortunately, that can't be the case. But, um, yeah, and I, again, I, I think when people look at kind of what the point spread of these games are, it's really tricky when you look at Alabama because it's not do you think Alabama is that much better than the team. It's just – well, Alabama a lot of times get off to such a great start where it's not really a ball game. And then, you know, later in the end of the game, you have a bunch of, you know, kind of garbage points, you know, towards yeah. the end of it. I think that's part of the handicapping of Alabama that's a little bit different. But, you know, what I'm curious about in this game is how is Todd Grantham and his defense going to attack, um, you know, Bill O'Brien's offensive play calling? You know, do they go like how they normally do and – just run blitz, blitz, blitz. I mean, that's normally Todd Grantham's M.O. Um, or do they do kind of what Barry Odom did with Arkansas last year, which was drop a little bit more of seven and eight in coverage and say, hey, listen, we're going to try to confuse you a little bit, make you make harder throws. And if you can beat us that way, great. But at least we challenge you a little bit. And they have the secondary to do that. So um, 
it, that's kind of the fascinating, you know, chess match that we're going to see between those two. Ultimately, uh, there's nothing about Bryce Young yet that I've seen that makes me think that he's just not the next coming of of a great quarterback, especially in that system. And uh, I'd like to see some drama in Gainesville. Alas, I'm not quite sure if we're going to see a whole heck of a lot of it. Yeah, until Emory Jones is able to become more consistent, I think, uh, yep. especially with Anthony Richardson having that hammy pull, I think it's going to be tough on the Gators this weekend. Auburn at Penn State. You've got a wideout and Happy Valley. We're going to see a old yep. scheme matchup because if you think about it, Mike Bobo went head-to-head with James Franklin when he was at Georgia and James Franklin was at Vanderbilt. So these yep. two are very familiar with one another. Um, how do you see this Auburn and Penn State game playing out? It's funny because, you know, I feel like I got a good beat on every single game this weekend, and that's the one I can't get a pulse on. You know, I mean, like they've scored, you know, they're number one in FBS in scoring offense and scoring defense is Auburn, you know, what, 122 points, right? The most they've scored since 1932. And even James Franklin talked about it this week is – Especially he's saying, hey, I don't know how to judge their game film. Are they the greatest team in the history of college football or they just played weak opponents? And I don't think any I don't think even, you know, right now, Brian Harson knows how to do that. But I do know um, is that they got a hell of a defensive coordinator in Derek Mason, you know, the former Vanderbilt coach. And so that's kind of the matchup that I want to see because they don't have the five star guys or just the wreckers like we've seen, you know, uh, in the past. But I think scheme-wise, they're extremely good. And, the, you know, the big stat line we always pull is what how Bo Nix plays at home versus how Bo Nix plays on the road. And Bo, I don't think, has ever seen an environment like he's going to see up in Penn State. Like, this is, you know, we joke around about the, you know, it just means more in the SEC. This is as good of a top five atmosphere in all of college football. And the fact that it's an SEC team, which everybody hates outside of the SEC going up there, it's going to be absolutely chaotic. So I think Bo is better, but I truly think it's a coin flip game. And what's interesting about this as well, too, is that you know James Franklin's name is getting mentioned a lot with the USC job that's out there. Bring so that up to you. This is a big, uh, this is a big win or big game, I would say, for James Franklin because you know you get somehow you get blown out at home. All of a sudden, you start losing a little bit of the shine, but you win that game and. All of a sudden, if you want Southern Cal, that job might be yours on the road. One last thing on that matchup, Tavares King and I were kind of debating, is it a bigger advantage for Penn State having already played a Power 5 opponent, been tested, had to kind of put it all out on the line in in a Wisconsin at Camp Randall, or is it a bigger advantage that Auburn has been able to just kind of dip their toe into their new system, get some some game reps, but uh, not really have to stress too much and be kind of fresh heading into Happy Valley? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think it's Penn State, you know, because now they, they could go up against someone who has a pretty good heartbeat and be like, all right, this is when we're going to get pushed. These are what, you know, the high-level coordinators, the high-level players are going to push us, and these are our weak spots, right? Like, I don't think any, you know, when you look at the game film, I don't know how much Akron or Alabama State has said, oh, this made us uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, working with Gene Chizik and all these guys, these former coaches, like, they love good tape where their team wins a game, but they looked really sloppy because then it's teachable moments and it's humbling moments for a lot of people. So, um, you know, Auburn hasn't had that that moment yet, but it was good because it gave two games for for Bo Nix to understand Mike Bobo's offense a little bit more and make him feel comfortable with it. So um, I, I can't wait to see what Demetrius Robinson is going to do. Remember, he was the kid that was over at Georgia 
and they the Bulldogs could damn sure use him now as they're so banged up in the wide receiver spot. So uh, I think he'll be the X factor. If he can have a big game, then all of a sudden Auburn could sit there at three and zero uh, and and ruin James Franklin uh, Trojan parade. It'll be very interesting. I'm predicting a rock fight up in Happy Valley. I think those defenses <laughs> are gonna gonna uh, step up to the table. But Peter, thank you so much for joining us here on the Second to None podcast. You got it, man. It should be a great uh, week three. Hope to do it a little bit later in this in the season with you. No doubt. I appreciate it very much. All right. Great stuff there from Peter Burns, the SEC Network. So thankful he was able to come on and join us. We look forward to hopefully having him on later on in the year. And TK, Peter sounds as an LSU guy, he sounds a little bit wary of those Chippewas coming down from Central Mission. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, if you look at it, Central Mission, again, again, is returning 22 starters. Um, I feel like that experience is a lot to deal with for LSU, especially coming off a loss in week one to, to a UCLA team. Um, but we'll we'll get into all to the to the to the to the meat of that a little bit later, man. But but I think I think I think rightfully so. He he's he has a right to feel the way he feels uh in, in his worries about Central Michigan. No doubt, no doubt. But right off the bat, we want to really dive into the big matchup early. And then there's one later on in the day. So your 3.30 game of the week on CBS, that would be Alabama at Florida. Uh, earlier in the week, TK, this thing was at 16 and a half when we covered it on our What's the Spread Wednesday. Now it looks like it's gone all the way down to like 14 and a half. There's some money coming in on Florida's side, and I, I just do not understand that at all. I know that uh, Alabama has injuries to linebacker, you know, Will Anderson's filling his knee a little bit. And then Chris Allen's out for the year after he was hurting that Miami game. But I just don't see enough evidence from this Florida team to let me think they're going to hang within 21 points of Alabama. I, I'd have to agree with you. I think early on in the week, we said 21 points sounded right. Um, <clears throat> I'd, I'd 100% have to agree, man, with – I don't care who's out. I don't care if it's Bryce Young's first game. Uh, Alabama has looked no different than they've looked in the in the past few years. Um, they looked really good. I don't think that Florida will be able to slow them down. Um, not from not from what I've seen in the previous Florida games, and as well as with with Anthony Richardson, we don't know if he'll be able to go. I don't know if Emory Jones will be able to get it done. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw the – if you're watching on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, uh, I'm going to throw this graphic back up here on the screen. You see the X factor up in the top right there. It's Anthony Richardson grabbing that hammy, running down the sideline there in the in the USF. Man, game. he had five yards. He could have pulled up. He could have yeah. just walked it in. He was, man, and it, it just absolutely did not uh, did not turn out well for him with that strained hamstring. And TK, you know as well as I do, they're saying, you know, grade one, he should probably be able to go. But just tell people, as an athlete who's competed at the SEC and NFL level, even if it's a grade one strain, I mean, there's a great risk for re-injuring that thing pretty quickly, isn't there? Oh, yeah, for sure, 100%. Just It could take just one explosive movement to tweak that thing. And we're talking about a guy that is an explosive player, um, it, that, that could hamper his game. Uh, if he does play, it could, it could be, a something that keeps him from being explosive. So I don't know. I don't know. Again, we don't know how bad that is, but even if he's there, it, it, it's going to play a factor into this game. And I think Florida better hope that he's there because 
TK, he's their leading rusher by 125 yards. He's got 275 yards rushing in their first two games. Uh, Florida's averaging 382 yards rushing in their first two games. It's safe to say they won't rush for 382 yards against Alabama, so they're going to have to get it done through the air. And you see right there in the middle of the screen there, TK, Emory Jones, four interceptions versus Florida Atlantic and USF. Yeah, that's see that's that's the scary thing, man. You know, you know Alabama's run defense is great. You know they're going to be keyed in on the guy that is the best runner on the team if Anthony Richardson plays. Um, so they're going to be able to shut that run down, whether it's him or Emory Jones again. But if it's Emory Jones, man, he struggles. He struggles a lot. I think he threw two picks versus cover three. We talked about. So cover I mean, three. yeah. So I mean, it's it's a. Uh, it, for for Vegas not to be given to for hey man they know what they talking about they like money out there in Vegas, uh, but I'm a bet the other way I'm I I think I think Bama they think they think they should have a touchdown more than they're giving no doubt and I I, I will point out that you know Nick Saban a, a ticked off Nick Saban is not good for anybody and he was not happy with the execution of Alabama especially in that first half against Mercer. Uh, they gave up some long explosive plays to Mercer too, a couple long touchdown passes. So uh, just enough, just enough to get old Nick uh, ticked off. And all I got to say is, you know, in the words of my first ever football coach when I was little, Lord bless them for the butt whooping they're about to receive. <laughs> because that is, that's what he'd always say to it before uh, in the, the pregame prayer there. And I'm just telling you, uh, Alabama is about to take Florida to the woodshed, skull drag them, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they are going to get whooped. In I call school. it. I call it paintbrushing. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. It's like it's like when, and they know it's coming too. I'm, I'm just telling you, they know it's coming too. And uh, uh, you got, I think, I think Alabama is is. I mean, they're just so much better in terms of their front seven versus Florida's uh, offensive line. And uh, Emory Jones, I think, is going to have struggles all day. So they better hope the Anthony Richards, uh, show, Richardson show gets uh, gets rolling, is healthy, and and can survive the whole game. But TK, let's uh, let's move on to the one, the night game, the big game down in Happy Valley or up in Happy Valley, I could say, from us here in Georgia. They they're up there in in uh, Pennsylvania, up in Happy Valley. You got Auburn going up to take on the Nittany Lions. Uh, First of all, I want to point out that there's a lot going on around this game. You can see right there in the middle of the screen, if you're watching on the 365 Sports YouTube channel, that James Franklin is dealing with the USC rumors. TK, I wanted to give you a second to address it. When you got a coach that is dealing with, you know, you hear the media talking about your coach maybe having interviewing or being interested in interviewing or, or his agents talking to another program about another job how does that affect you as a team well I was fortunate enough to have a great coach and coach Rick that that had the opportunity to go other places um while I was at Georgia I think both FSU and and the Miami job came up um and he he addressed it um you know he put that to bed early and I think um I mean I obviously I don't know what they're doing up there but I think that that says a lot about the coach and the person that and where he wants to be. Uh, but as a, as a player, when that happens, man, you just try to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's winning games. And you know that if you win games, that's going to help everybody out in the long run. Anyways, that coach included. 
Um, so I think that's what that's just the gist of that, how that goes. No doubt, no doubt. And I, hopefully James James Franklin, uh, from all accounts, is a very uh, you know, just terrific uh man and head coach. So I think that I like him probably, a lot. Yeah, he's probably addressed things the right way with his team. And I, I don't right. see that being a, a you know, a big distraction, but it, I mean it always could be, you know, so it's worth listing on here. Penn State, that defense, uh, they faced a tough Wisconsin team early on with Graham Mertz. Uh, definitely as tough a competition as you're going to see, Grant, uh, you know, in the Big Ten up there. Uh, Graham Mertz is a, is a good quarterback, but they forced five turnovers in two games. Uh, you know, they forced three um, against Wisconsin, so that really helped them take advantage of that. But, TK, they only rushed for 50 yards against Wisconsin. So if they're going to – get some success against Alabama. They got to get Sean Clifford and Noah Kane kind of ramped up a little bit against that Auburn front seven. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Sean Clifford's been really good. Um, he's completed 54.5% of his throws versus, versus Wisconsin he did. Uh, but I, I've, I've watched a little stuff on him. They're talking about his, <clears throat> his intermediate accuracy. He needs to be a little better there. Um, but I, but, Overall, to me, I think this game comes down to um, experience. I think that this game is going to show a lot for for, for both teams. Uh, Auburn obviously hasn't played the type of team uh, Penn State has, so their numbers are a little skewed in that aspect. To me, a little, oh, a lot of yeah, a lot of skew. <laughs> Akron is a bunch of – I know you trained that kid over at Akron, man, but they, those boys turned out to be some bums, man. That man, was awful. Look, look, they got work to do, bro. Uh, my guys – But, yeah, man, I mean, it's skewed and a lot of skewed in that aspect. Um, but I think that they're growing right now. I think that what you're seeing – I feel – watching tape, I feel like I'm seeing a different Bo Nix. Yeah. Um, I feel like Coach Bobo, um, obviously love that that dude. I talk about him a lot, but I I feel like he's he's great at cultivating quarterbacks. He's really he's a quarterback savant. He's really good at cultivating quarterbacks. And I think that what you're seeing out of Bo Nix is a kid that's learning a new system and and finding a system and believing in a coach that believes in him one, but has a coach that can put him in situations to succeed. And that's what he's doing. Um, get getting playmakers like Demetrius Robinson involved, Tank Beasley, um, Jarquez Hunter, getting those guys involved out of the backfield because I think that's what it's going to take this week to get it done. I think they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, control the clock. Yeah, and I think, you know, I put it on there, Tank Bigsby, he's a workhorse. He's a grown man. I mean, this this guy's running uh, – down. He's, he seems like he's running downhill all the time, keeps his shoulders square, is explosive uh, in and out of cuts, and is able to run through arm tackles. Tank Bigsby is a guy they're going to have to rely on. But that Penn State defense, uh, especially coached by James Franklin, is not going to let Tank Bigsby beat them. The X factor for me in this game is Bo Nix. Uh, you look at his career mm-hmm. – away or at neutral sites, 12 games. He's only completed 54.8% of his passes and 13 <clears throat> touchdowns and 12 picks. Uh, so Bo Nix does not play w- well away from the planes. And my only question is, TK, new system, 
it's not really been stressed, right? And now right. you're going to have to deal with the the communication elements because people don't understand TK, especially when you're playing in a pro style system. There's mic identifications in the run mm-hmm. game. There's pass protection ad- adjustments that that either Bo Nix or his center are going to have to be making during the game. There's there's side adjustments by the receivers. There's you know uh, alerts like you said on corner blitzes and all of this stuff is intricate in a Mike Bobo offense. How is it going to all piece together the first time that the stadium is shaking around them and uh, they're not able to take it? I'm going to go ahead and say that it doesn't come together for them on this night. I'm going to say in a low-scoring game, uh, I like Auburn to cover the six points that they were given early on, um, but I'm going to take Penn State to win this one late uh, by you know field goal or so and, and really stifle Bo Nix late. I'm going to say – 24-21 Penn State in this one. What do you think? Uh, I might be right there with you. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see Auburn go up there and get it done, but you said it, dude. Honestly, I mean, his stats on the road are terrible, but I think he is better than he was last year. I think he is progressing. Um, it is tough. It's tough as hell to play on the road, especially when you hadn't done it, especially when you're in a new offense. Um because because of those things you mentioned, communication is key. So that might play a big factor in it. I think Penn State beats them, but not by a lot, just like you. Absolutely. So uh, before we get to, I do want to touch on our picks for just to make clear. So we put it on record for our cupcake games out there, and we'll get to those in just a minute, guys. But- We've got. Hold on. Does this even? This sounds crazy. South Carolina is a cupcake. Yes. South- Anytime you are a thirty-one point underdog. You are a soft as Charmin cupcake <laughs> team, and that is what's going to happen. They, I mean, they listen. They're about to go in there, and I mean, it's like feeding. I mean, they you're putting red meat in front of a bunch of wolves over there with that front seven. Uh, Georgia's front seven is going to. I, poor old Zeb Nolan, man. I like Zeb Nolan. Uh, but Zeb's going to be Zeb's going to be getting. Deb's going to be getting his world rocked over there. He's going to be like, why did I not stay with a clipboard in my hand over there as a GA? <laughs> hey, look, he look. I like Zeb a lot, too. He better get it out fast. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to have the quickest three-step ever. We're going to get the quick game rolling, Shane Beamer is, guys. But excited as that front seven of Georgia is for that matchup, guys, we're excited uh, that our pod is is working with playactionpools.com this season, bring interactive fun to the sport that we love the most. That is football on the gridiron, TK. You'll be able oh, yeah. to get in this action with playactionpools.com football pick them challenge which is open to everyone here's how it works you go sign up for our contest the believe football pick them and at playactionpools.com then you get your picks in each week we're going to select 10 of the highest profile picks between nfl and college games whoever gets the most picks correct will win a pair of electric sunglasses and dc shoes go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest that's believe B-L-E-A-V, football pick them. And if you are hosting your own football contest at the office or something like that, playactionpools.com is where you need to go today. They've got Survivor, pick them, as well as cool sports book style called Build Your Own Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your home for all your office sports pools. So, TK, let's get into the cupcake games real quick. We're going to take Kentucky over Chattanooga. We're taking Missouri over Southeast Missouri State. Both of those teams uh, are big, big underdogs. Tennessee Tech comes into Tennessee. As bad as Tennessee's been, I'm still going to take them over the cupcake. Um, 
Texas A&M's a 28-point favorite over an undefeated New Mexico team. Now, New Mexico's not really played anybody, but, you know, we got to see how does Zach Calzada handle being, being the guy, the starter, now that Haynes King is down. Um, and then, of course, Georgia Southern versus Arkansas. You and I have talked about that Georgia Southern team. They're a proud bunch, but uh, mm-hmm. Arkansas seems to be rolling right now, so I think we'll both take Arkansas. And then we'll talk just briefly here about South Carolina and Georgia, TK. Both you and I will be down there uh, in Athens on, mm-hmm. on Saturday, on tomorrow. And, you know, when when South Carolina comes to town, it's going to be tough for them to get anything going offensively. I think they may have some success defensively up front because they have some uh, defenders along their defensive front, Jordan Birch, players like that that have been uh, highly coveted because Will Muschamp, let's face it, that was the most frustrating part for South Carolina. They, they did some good things recruiting under Will Muschamp. It just never played its way out on the field. So, you know, there are some talented players there, especially on South Carolina's defense. But, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be Stetson Bennett again. Uh, they give JT Daniels probably one more week. And I think as, as good as he was last week, TK, there's a lot for Georgia fans to be excited about, especially if Kiaris Jackson is back. Yeah, if Kiaris is back, that'll be great. And if we're rocking steady, that'll be great too. Um, but to your point, I feel like their offense is going to struggle. They're being South Carolina, and we'll have great field position all day which is a heads up that we'll have. I think special teams will play a big, big factor in this game. Um, hopefully, we don't, hopefully we don't have to punt a lot, but if we do, we've got a leg back there for sure. Um, but, but man, I think, I think obviously we get it done. We get it done in a big way. Uh, 31 points is a lot, but it's enough. Yeah. I don't know if Georgia covers just because I don't think that I, you know, Kirby, Kirby smart is friends with Shane Beamer. And I think at some point he'll, you know, call the dogs off a, a little bit, uh, but we'll, but we'll see. South Carolina may not score enough to so that Georgia ends up covering just because of that. So yeah, that'll be intriguing there. Two games that I want to hit quick, TK, before we get to the the final, um, or a few games here. I want to hit quick before we get to the final kind of key game. Central yeah. Michigan LSU. We've talked about that. Um, you know, LSU nineteen and a half point favorite. You heard Peter talk about it. Uh, there, there's some trepidation there. Central Michigan has a guy like a Lou Nichols III who's an explosive athlete. LSU had trouble with uh, Charbonnet, the running back from UCLA, in the first first week. I mean, what are you thinking? Can the Chippewas go in there and win outright, uh, take take care, not just cover? I know they're going to cover. I feel confident they're going to cover, but I just don't know. Can they take it outright? Yeah, they're going to 100% cover. They're definitely going to get that done. I think they're back. If they get their back going. I mean, we watched an LSU team that looked really bad bad against UCLA. Tackling yeah. uh, defensively. They yeah. look they look poor. So if they if they come out with that same and, and they probably won't. I mean, it's it's at home. That place is always rocking. But if they do, bro, um well, it wasn't just it wasn't just to look bad defensively against McNeese State last week. TK they went four of sixteen on third down conversions. LSU did against McNeese State. I mean, that's an offense that two years ago, you know, when they won the national title, was the best. You know, one of the best offenses anybody's Ooh. ever seen. And now they've got uh, they're dependent on with John Emery ineligible for the season. 
which is a whole nother debacle over there. How you let one of your best players end up being ineligible, you know as well as I do. There's tutors galore. If you put a little bit of effort into it, there should be a way to stay eligible. Um, but Corey Kiner, a true freshman out of Cincinnati, Ohio, is going to have to get uh, ro- rolling early uh, in this run game because Max Johnson, you know, even though I like the lefty and he's able to do a lot of things, I just you can't just put the, all the burden on him and and uh, Kayshawn Butte. Mm-hmm. No, you can't. And that's something that they've got to get away from. Um, it's hard. It's hard to do when when everything's on your shoulders. So guys have got to step up and start making plays around him. They got to protect for him. Um, shoot, they got to do that if they if, if they want to, you know, we talked about we talked about it earlier. If they if they want to save their coach's job, they, they got to yeah. do it. Kayshawn Butte has. 14 receptions for 179 yards and five touchdowns for LSU. The dude's balling out, but their next best on both those totals, 77 yards and one touchdown. So uh, Jim McElwain is smart enough and has been around enough where he's going to bracket cover, you know, Kayshawn Butte. He's going to do what he can to try to force that ball to go elsewhere. So LSU has to have someone step up in the passing game. But kind of when it comes down to it, TK, who are you taking? You're going to take uh, Central Michigan on the upset or are you going to take LSU? I'm going to be fun. I'm going to be fun. I'm going to take Central Michigan. Um, yeah, I mean, I like what you just said, dude. They've got, again, they've got 22 returning starters. Jim, Jim McEllen's not going to just let one guy hit them over the top of the head over and over and over again. Um, two. Central Michigan with the upset over LSU. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say so too. I just think LSU is a total dumpster fire right now in terms of how they're how they're going about things. I think the program is in disarray. Ed O has not been able to prove that he's been able to put the right guys in place. And and let's face it, Ed Orgeron is not a X and O's Steve Sarkeesian, you know, football savant. He's just a good hard nosed football coach that can really rally um, rally troops, teach technique stuff like that. So. Uh, but I, I think Jim McElwain and uh, the Chippewas are going to get the get the best LSU. Um, real quick, TK Stanford at Vanderbilt. You think uh, think Vanderbilt's able to make it two in a row? You know, on the on the movie Major League, he said, "We won a game yesterday. If we win today, that's two in a row. We win the next day, that's a winning streak. It has happened before." I mean, I feel like Mark <laughs> Lee would say to say to Vanderbilt's team right now. But do you think? Uh, they can hold off David Shaw and Stanford coming into Nashville. They they might play that movie the night before the game um, for some comedy uh, to get this thing going, man. Uh, I think they could pull it off, dude. Again, I I think they could, but I don't think that they do. Um, yeah, I agree. I think Stanford's going to take this one. They, you you got Stanford with big – David Shaw, you know, he gets those guys that have – the big wide rear ends, you know, they're, they're tight ends, they're big tackles, and they're going to get in there with extra linemen and all that kind of stuff, take it back to 1985 and run it down Vandy's throat up there in Nashville. I think Vandy hangs close to start off with, but ultimately Stanford breaks away. Uh, Ole Miss and Tulane, um, we're going to touch on this one real quick because the one I want to spend time on is Mississippi State and Memphis. But uh, any reason to think Matt Corral – and Lane Kiffin don't just uh, take it to Tulane. I mean, do you, do you think Tulane's able to to hang in there like they did with Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reason. They proved that they're they're a solid team. That they 
can compete on a high level with these power five schools. And I, I think that they could, they could possibly go down there and get it done. Um, Macarau, obviously Heisman caliber player playing really good in an offense that is explosive. Um, I think if that, if that Ole Miss, I mean, if that Tulane uh, defense, you know, doesn't doesn't stop them. It could be a rough day, but overall, bro, looking at looking at the what we got here, I'd, I'd have to say Ole Miss gets it done. Lane Kiffin gets it done. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I agree. I think I think it, you know Matt Michael Pratt is gonna uh, play pretty pretty well. The Tulane's quarterback, he had two hundred ninety six yards, three touchdowns against OU, and Willie Fritz is a good coach. But ultimately, I think Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin will be too much for their their defense, and they'll win there. Um, and then lastly, I want to talk about Mississippi State at Memphis. We're going to throw this up there on the on the screen real quick. You can see Mississippi State actually played some defense. We had to apologize to Zach Arnett. He only, they only allowed 30, 32 rushing yards versus NC State. Will Rogers completing 75% of his passes up there. And uh, I'm going to butcher this young man's name, but light a trick to Lou Griffin. Two kickoff returns so far for touchdowns. He had one for 70 yards and one for 100 yards so far for Mississippi State. Uh, TK, there's there's some excitement over there in uh, in Starkville right now. Yeah, there is. I mean, and I, I feel like Coach Leach is a guy that ha that brings that. His offenses bring that. The air raid brings that. Um, I feel like I feel like they could they could definitely go, go or yeah they can definitely go in there and you know, make some noise against Memphis. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, they're going to have to go in there and just do what they do in terms of getting people going side to side, uh, you know, because they're not going to run the ball a ton. They're going to use that screen game. But Will Rogers has been extremely accurate. Look at that. Memphis allowed on the graphic up here, they survived a 55 to 50 shootout versus Arkansas State. They – they gained a hundred or eight. They gained six hundred and eighty yards on the game, but they also gave up exactly six hundred and eighty yards to Arkansas State. There's yeah. going to be some yardage racked up in this game. They have a uh, you know quality running back in Brandon Thomas that has three hundred thirty eight yards rushing on the year on thirty four carries. That's getting getting around nine yards carry up there. So Brandon Thomas uh, is somebody that you know that that Mississippi State defense that only allowed thirty two rushing yards are going to have to. <laughs> Definitely be committed to stopping the run this week. But, TK, uh, who, who are you going to take in this matchup? Are you going to take uh, Mississippi State or Memphis? Mississippi State, you're giving up 680 yards. Uh, Y'all don't think you can do that on a Mike, Mike Leach coach team, Mike, Mike Leach air raid in itself. Um, it'll be it'll be a high-scoring one for sure, I think. We, You know what? We forgot to look at the overs. Yeah, but we didn't get the overs. I think this is take the over on this one on the bet online. I feel like we've said that every week for Mississippi State. Yeah, but hey, last week they were in a uh, twenty-four. They they won with only scoring twenty-four points. So that's how it goes. But guys, we in in this amount of time we've covered all the big games here. We're taking. Uh, I think we agree on every game this time. We're taking Alabama. We're taking. Uh, we're taking Penn State to beat Auburn, taking Ole Miss over Tulane, both taking Central Michigan to upset LSU and Baton Rouge, and Ed Orgeron really starts to sweat down there even more than he already does. And then we've got Mississippi State 
uh, going to Memphis and taking care of business. So for Tavares King, I am Blaine Gilmer. This has been the second to none podcast on the Believe Podcast Network 365 Sports YouTube channel in partnership with the Sideline Sports Network down there that you can see on the screen and presented by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. Guys, we will see you on Monday for Reaction Monday. Enjoy the games this weekend. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.